Hi everyone, welcome to the Kimberly Cloud Show. I'm your host, Kimberly Cloud. I have a lot to talk about today. Um, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the world, like where you're from and who you are? Absolutely, Kimberly. My name is Richard Blank. I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's Call Center. I currently reside in beautiful, sunny Central America, but I'm originally from Northeast Philadelphia. I'm a very proud Eagles fan, but unfortunately we had lost the Super Bowl yesterday. <laughs> Were you mad about it? I'm smiling, but I really should be crying. <laughs> it was a great game, but uh, my Eagles, give them one more chance. They'll come back and win again. Cool. So tell me, you know, some audience that most of the audience don't know what's going on with you. Can you tell me a little bit about your past, present, and future possibly, if you um, wanted to add that in there? Well, we definitely discussed this on the first podcast, but besides the technical difficulties, I'll definitely be able to repeat the information. As I mentioned, originally from Northeast Philadelphia, graduated the proud Abington High School decided to double down on languages and communication. So I went to the University of Arizona. I didn't follow a certain path that some people do where they are forced into going to Ivy League and studying medicine and law. I had family that graduated Yale and also Washington Lee and went to Columbia Business School. I did not have the structure and discipline for that, nor the maturity, but I had a drive. I knew that studying humanities was gonna open doors and so at 27 years old, I was given the one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica and work at my friend's call center. And I took it. Now, Kimberly, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. So here we are, 23 years later, just celebrated my 15th year in business, happily married to a beautiful Costa Rican girl. And you can see on the smile on my face, I'm living in paradise and I'm pretty much living a fulfilled life. Tell me, when did y'all meet, you know, like, you didn't really talk about the future because we'll talk about that in the end. I just want to know, I'm going a, I'm to a dissect in a good way different parts of your life. Tell me, we were talking about it before the show, but I, I want the audience to know because it has some relevance that I'm going to say. When did y'all meet and how did it all spark up, you and your wife? It's always nice to tell that story. Why well, it took me 3,000 miles to travel from Philadelphia to find the girl of my dreams. When I came to Costa Rica, I was here working at my friend's call center, but fortunately a roommate of mine owned a restaurant and he hired my wife who was not, I didn't even know her at the time. And she um, was answering the phone for them. She was bilingual and she was doing a lot of their promotions and public relations. And in Costa Rica, it's a very social country. So you can either give a kiss on the cheek or you could be, not just affectionate, but you can be very warm in here. And so what I used to do is I took the liberty of writing poems and being assertive and saying hello and just being generally friendly. I wasn't looking for a vacation fling. I was really looking for someone to build a life with. And little did I know that here we are 23 years later, been together this whole time. My wife and I, Grace Bourbon, we started this business. She's the director of human resources. And without her, I wouldn't have been able to grow this company. And in one more year, she'll have her law degree. So in regards to our future together, well, I know that we'll be traveling the world. I'll probably be writing children's books, playing some music and doing some art. But I do know this, when two worlds collide, two cultures, languages, different sort of ways of growing up, 
it's one of the greatest combinations you can ever get. As long as you keep an open mind and you're respectful of different cultures and traditions, every day is a surprise. And the only thing you can do is grow from it. And so my wife and I are constantly sharing things with one another and exploring new things. And not only does it make it exciting, but we actually grow together. And so it's been just an amazing run these past years. And so I've just been very fortunate to find an individual that really fits with our type of lifestyle and what we're looking to do because it's very difficult out there. People fall in love for different reasons. A lot of the times it's lust. And it took me into my thirties to find, not saying that I didn't know amazing people prior, but I <laughs> there's a certain part of maturity and getting out that sort of side that you just want to go a little crazy or just explore when you're ready to make that commitment and you really give that word and you look in that person's eyes, it's literally one of the most fulfilling things you could ever do in your entire life. You know, it's funny because I was going to say, we all go a little crazy sometimes, <laughs> but yes, I was just, do. <laughs> um, well, it's true, but you know, um, it's funny what you said and it's loving, it's heartwarming, it's touching, you know, that's what I'm feeling, you know, the love of you and your family, you know, keep crushing on the reason why I was smiling because I can relate with my story, you know, um, darn, like, what do y'all do? Not, not intimately, but what do y'all do to keep the family like going and moving and doing positive things? It's the little things. First and foremost, you, you, you never step over the line. Don't, don't be disrespectful because imagine if you say something, you can't take it back. So there have been times when voices have been raised and frustration has been there, but there hasn't been anything that's been deep seated that came out. No one's ever insulted another's mother, <laughs> you know? So we, we've never crossed that line. And, and secondly, as I say, the little things, if you, you don't need to spend a lot of money. You don't have to go out and buy flowers and chocolate and do things like that. But when you make certain efforts, efforts, like I'm not the best cook in the world, but when I do try to make something and I set the table nice and it, you can obviously see that there's cariño, there's some sort of uh, love and that's put into that. Um, even simple things as opening a door or complimenting somebody in public because it seems that people like to critique in public and praise in private when it should be the opposite. And so for me, I don't like to embarrass my wife, but if she's looking stellar that evening, I'll compliment her in public. She says a funny joke, I'll definitely back it up. And so it's one of those things of supporting one another in public. So you're not bashing one another or making someone else look bad. And um, yeah. it's just one of those things of social grace. When you're in public, you just want to be seen as the as the couple that doesn't fight, that doesn't bring people down. So you get to be invited back out again and, and other couples would like to join you. And so what we try to do is to expand our friend group where it's very fun to go out with my wife's friends and she likes to hang out with my friends. And the funny thing is though, her friends are local and a lot of my friends are from Canada and the United States. So here we go again. It gives us a chance through certain downlines to learn a little bit more about one another in regards to the company in which we keep. 
You know, I, I like I said, it is so amazing at how, you know, y'all bond. And now I'm going to have to do one last thing about this segment. And then we're going to move on. To, um, not we, we talked about family life, but another subject in, within your realm. Um, I'm gonna have to SWOT analysis. You have you heard of the SWOT analysis? It sounds familiar. Yeah, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Have mm. you done that on your relationship? Uh, not specifically in regards to that technique, but we do sit down and we talk. I know that there's that old saying, you should never go to bed angry. And I kind of agree with that. But then again, I don't want to be up till three in the morning if you just can't put something to bed. Um, it's, it's very important to be very forthright. And I know that there might be some sensitivities there. So it's, you have to be very cautious and careful of the vocabulary. Prior to anything, sometimes I'll say, may I make a suggestion or are you finished? May I contribute? Because sometimes they're still thinking or there's a moment to be able to reflect. And, I, and let me put to you this way, my good friend, Kimberly, if, if something is so heightened with anxiety, I have no rush. <laughs> my wife's uh, stability and happiness is the most important thing for me. So really, I got all the time in the world. If she wants to, how about this? Sometimes you don't need to speak. If you can have a comfortable No silence, news is good news, I agree. What's not even that? Sometimes you don't need to talk. Sometimes just by sitting there and decompressing or holding a hand or just doing sort of gestures of getting somebody tea or, or raising the blinds so natural light comes in or opening a window for fresh air. These are the little things that show that you're readjusting the tone and the temperature. That's important as well. And for any gentleman out there, my suggestion is to speak second. <laughs> so listen twice as much as you speak because what you might think is a priority probably is not. And there's a very good chance that you can completely understand and have all of your doubts clarified before you speak. Now, without me having an opinion, I want to know your Christian or whatever religious value you have that helps strengthen and mold your family that makes you because because your wife is about to get a law degree that's a serious mm. thing that's not easy to get yes i believe that everybody if they decide to may have a relationship with god or with another sort of spiritual entity I respect that as long as it doesn't infringe on others or doesn't affect others' lives in a negative way. But if there is some sort of meditation or balance focus or connection that somebody has that makes them a very well-rounded person that people can gravitate towards and, and spend time with, then by all means, not everybody likes you know certain colors or foods or music. And some people may feel more comfortable either with a religion or with another organization that allows them to speak, listen, contribute, and find balance. And so there are two topics you're supposed to never really talk about, which is politics and religion. But then again, if you can't speak about politics and religion with your friend Kimberly, then what sort of friendship do we have if we can't go there? 
and still be very good friends afterwards, even if we think differently or pray differently. I, I still believe at the end of the day, we all have the same goal. And that is to create a beautiful circle in this world where just everybody is happy. That's just my thought. You know, um, well, everything that you said is, is exactly how I feel. And um, I don't understand why we can't talk about religion and politics. I, I respect you because you're um, Christian. And I, I, we have many religions, whether we believe in Jesus Christ or whether we believe in a God that to do good. But one thing sets us out and people need to know. So if to change your identity, to be somebody who you're not, then that show, unless you're working for the government and doing it for national security, that's different. But if you are sitting up there and literally being a crooked politician and, and, and you come, I mean, you're gay, you know, not to bash gay people, but you know, it's a sin and they can't get, they can't deny that it's in the Bible as a sin. It is in the Bible. So it is written, so shall it be done. So if you have to change your identity, like George Santos, and he he went from Venezuela or somewhere there to like he was in the ghetto and he did bad, bad things. And he came here and now he's somewhere I should be. And he's in a third district in New York. And it's like, I don't get how somebody like him get past that. So it's okay to change your identity for bad. But when you try to tell the people what you did bad and redeem yourself, you look even worse. And that, that is the society, don't you agree? Kimberly, I believe everybody has their own forced march. And the greatest thing somebody can do is to shed some skin and be true to themselves. That's why when you see behind me these pinball machine or jukeboxes and candy machines, I'm true to my tastes. I, I know what I like. I know who I am. And if somebody is bold enough to really put themselves out there and to be vulnerable, even if you do consider it a sin, okay, it's also admirable that they're not hiding, that they feel confident enough to show the world. As long as I've mentioned before, it may offend you by sight, it may offend you by proxy, okay, that you see something and you don't agree with it. But if they're not literally scratching your car, taking your money out of your wallet or pushing you down some stairs, I almost say in this crazy world that we live in, Kimberly, live and let live. Because I will say this, being the CEO of a call center is a very interesting mishmash of all different types of people. You have people from 18 years old up to 60 years old that works here, male and female, all across the board. But, but today, the majority of them, let's just say in their early 20s, and I'm being 50 years old, you know, these people are half my age. So besides trying to relate to them as a boss, I, I, I try to learn. And this society looks a little bit different than me. I, I, I don't have tattoos and certain piercings. I have nothing against it. In fact, I think it looks beautiful on some people. They're very expressive. It's just not part of my generation. Do I accept it, seeing it today? I'm getting accustomed to it. 
And then since I've never had a tattoo, doesn't mean that I can't appreciate it. I see some beautiful artwork and I see some piercings that people have that are not just appropriate, but it really enhances their look. And so even myself, I used to have the most beautiful hair when I was growing up. I have no hair now. And imagine me shaving my head and going to high school back in 1991. I would have been ostracized. They would have looked at me as some sort of neo-Nazi skinhead, rebel, crazy, a joke. But today, it's not only accepted, but people say it looks handsome. <laughs> you know, and more and more men are doing it. And I think it's wonderful that they're doing it. It's funny where you see these, these photographs of doctors that are in their full outfits, but when you see them outside in a tank top, they got tattoos from head to toe. You couldn't tell in their uniform, would you still choose them? I would, absolutely. I'm choosing them for up here, not how they're expressing themselves. And so, Kimberly, maybe like this, instead of swimming against the current and I completely understand your position. And, and it's the sort of thing that's helped generations for thousands of years, having those sort of values and structures. But then again, in order to live in this world and look left and right when I'm sitting in public, I, I want to accept my fellow man as hopefully this person with tattoos and piercings and dresses differently, thinks differently, lives differently, could potentially look at my older conservative lifestyle and realize that this individual and I could sit next to one another in a restaurant, at a bus stop or something, and not have that sort of conflict. Just because we could look at each other like we are from Mars and Venus. But then again, you could realize that the bark is, there's no bite. And that these people that I might have walked away from or looked twice on have been the literally most brilliant people that I have ever worked with. And so I myself would, it would behoove me not to choose these people. It's, it's important as I say, to just judge these people on merit, Kimberly, not potentially what they are doing as well on the side on their own interests. And, and, and that's true. I, I definitely get your point of view. And that's very, very deep. Uh, that is very deep. And um, let's see. So you got Christian values, you got political, like, what if you wanted to see something different happen? Because I, I would like to see something different happen between what is going on right now and everything else because it's like um we have uh stuff happening what are your views on how to solidify and make sure in case of an emergency your family is okay oh you're talking like walking dead sort of stuff not not the walking <laughs> it could be but i doubt it hopefully nobody's hiding that but like i'm saying like in case we get wiped off the grid, like our power lines, like different oh, country power no, lines. That you are asked that. Wonderful yeah. question. When, when COVID hit, and once again, I'm 3,000 miles away from my family, the border shut down, what do I do? Well, I was, I was fortunate enough to have property where we are growing food. So a couple acres there, and also the home that I have has a backup generator. It has a huge water tank as well. 
there is natural water on my property. And if worse came to worse and I needed to eat eggs and chicken and just eat my fruits and vegetables that I grow myself, I could sustain. I could live simply here in Costa Rica. I don't need the luxuries. And the temperature here is good enough to where I wouldn't need air conditioning or heaters. So I wouldn't freeze or burn to death. And so um, I could literally survive on the basics. Now in my home, sure. I mean, we have certain things to protect ourselves. Uh, if somebody tries to come into my property, we're very safe. I'm not worried about that. I have dogs and I have other things. But in Costa Rica, I, I really didn't see that. In fact, there's a lot of community support and neighbors look for each other. And in this country, there are certain neighborhoods where people do hire security guards to be on corners that are in their little booths. And it's just the way it is. And the whole neighborhood pays for it. And so you got Joey down the street, two guys that are doing 12 hour shifts 24 seven, looking to see which cars are coming through the neighborhood. And it's not a you know, a car that they recognize, they will ask questions and neighbors will talk. And so I, I believe that we all watch each other's backs and would, I could see people assisting one another if they needed to here. I, I didn't see the sort of panic shopping as we saw on TV or in the United States or when people were pushing each other for toilet paper. It really didn't happen here. Well, you know, um, let's see. But it was scary. The, what are your views on, like, your views on the, because I want to make sure I word this right. Sure. I wanted to say, the of, um, let's talk about the future of your business. What, where do you see yourself with the future of your business and advancing? to the new age of telephonic technology. I am so fortunate that my industry was able to adjust. Unlike a brick and mortar mom and pop place, I was able to send most of my agents home. I gave them a full turnkey station, the computer and the monitor and all the programs logged in with the headset. And so my company was able to survive. And today, a lot of the people are asking either hybrid or purely to work from home. So is it good for me? It's great for me in a lot of areas. I don't need to look for additional real estate because the commercial market, it was very expensive. Renting places cost you tens of thousands of dollars a month. And so for me, if I could send 80% of my people home, I could just keep my HQ and never have to worry about expanding that way. But what it did do, it affected the company culture because it's a very, it, it's a synergy sort of environment where people feed off of energy and we're speakers and we're performers. And I always believe you have a better workout in the gym with your buddy than you do at the home, even if you have the same equipment. And it's the sort of thing where people get in these sort of habits, not bad habits. It's just isolation habits. Because when you go to the office, you get dressed up, you look good, you're having lunch with your buddies. Kimberly and I are high-fiving in between calls, having the best day. I get to see you. I get to walk the roads. I get to break bread with you, play pinball with you. All of that was taken away. In my opinion, that's the sort of thing that adds momentum. I'm not going to say it was my special sauce. These people are bringing a lot of skills to the table. But you know perfectly well, when people break bread together, they become best friends. 
And Kimberly, if I heard you on a great phone call, you know I'd love to be there to congratulate you. And that's the sort of thing that's a positive reinforcement. So those sort of things were taken away or greatly reduced. Was the performance the same? Yes. But in my opinion, and I'll give you a visual, I believe that the agents are more of a print now instead of a painting. There's a big difference between seeing a live performance than when you're just listening to a recording. And so that's the only thing that I've seen as a different, but guess what? Everyone's made the adjustments. So thankfully, knock on wood, I was able to do the same. How do you, um, how do you mold your company from, uh, you know, I know you have a large company, which means you're doing something right. You started ground and now you are where you are. So tell me how, do you mold your company where your stress levels with the kids, the wife, the spiritual battle? And how do you regulate your spiritual level in awareness to protect yourself from negative spiritual battles? Do you mind if I zigzag for a minute? Because this is going to be a huge collage. <laughs> I'm going to all over this. Do you remember the movie Zorba the Greek with Anthony Quinn? I it's gotta watch it. This guy, this guy ship sinks at the end and instead of crying about it, he just puts his arms out and starts dancing on the beach. I'm a classic romantic. This should have never happened. I was a one in a million shot. I moved abroad, started a call center. I've been in my 15th year in business and now. So I smile every day. Every day is a gift for me. And also, in order to control this, you, you, need to, you need to have outlets, almost like a tea kettle. There needs to be some sort of thing to let the steam out. I love working out. A lot of people don't, but I've been doing it since I was 17 years old. And so I love hitting the gym every day. That allows me my own focus, put the phone away, and everybody knows what that does in the gym. I drive a convertible. So every day I'm singing my NXS and 80s music and just driving to work, having a great day. So that's a, that's a great way for me to start myself before going into the office. I'm going to make like, a joke about you on my show. <laughs> yeah, but it's also important to call your family. When I yeah. Like when, when when I get back on my show after this, I, I, I just have to make a joke about someone <laughs> where you are, with your stature, driving around in a Corvette that you bought. Oh, not a Corvette. Just a convertible. Convertible. I drive. Yeah. I, I drive a 1970, uh, 1970, 1992 Volkswagen Cabriolet. It's very similar to the car I drove in high school, which was a 1980 Rabbit. I could drive anything. I mean, my second car is a CLK. It's, it's not important. The thing is, though, when that top is down and I'm cruising around that old Volkswagen white convertible that you saw in all the old 80s movies, that's the best. Yeah. And I get tons of compliments. Usually it's from burly guys that could kick my butt. They look at me and go, nice car. <laughs> Thanks. Just don't beat me up, <laughs> you know? But um, hey, Kimberly, these are the happy things I do in the morning. Spring in the step. You wake up good. You have a good breakfast. You work out. Convertible. You call your parents. Tell them you love them. 80s music. So by the time I get to the office, I'm feeling great. My, my toes are tapping. And... If I can start my day strong, even making the bed in the morning so I can come home to that, 
Those are the little wins. Kimberly, these are the first downs for your touchdowns. You're talking about stress levels. Well, listen, if it gets to that point, it built up to that point. I got a very good friend, Dr. Sean. He tells me if you hurt your body, it's not all of a sudden. It's something that you've been doing, and all of a sudden, it's the break that gets you. And for me, I want prevention instead of a cure. I mean, if someone hits my car outside, that happened all of a sudden. But there are ways that I can prevent someone from having a burnout, from having a breakdown. If someone has a bad phone call, we can put water on their face and you know, play pinball for a minute. And so, um, you know, being 50 years old, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not going to cry and stomp my feet. I'm getting too old for that. In fact, I kind of almost encourage adversity to see if there's ways in which I can solve it. As long as it's not a deal breaker, I, I kind of like ways to be diplomatic and to listen and to decompress. And to sometimes, Kimberly, even apologizing and saying, hey, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And I can give you the best example. Our first podcast was great, but I did not have the best internet connection. And so obviously I apologize for that. And I knew that it was my issue. But I did everything I could to make up for it. And I was consistent, dressed in a suit. I'm in my professional environment today. And I, I really wanted to show you good faith. And maybe that's a perfect example on how to reduce stress levels. And how about this? The fact that we had a bump in the road and we got through it. Imagine all the good times we're going to have then is just candy. We were able to get through a difficult situation together, which wasn't the end of the world. It was minor. But look how we treated one another. We, we didn't yell. We didn't curse. We didn't point fingers. We got through it. And I believe that those the best relationships are built when you play in the mud. <laughs> and then you get clean. And then you're best friends after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's how I feel. You know, um, sometimes it's, I call it breaking the ice. You know, it's not, you know, it's not like you doing something wrong by breaking the ice or playing in the mud. As you say, I, I, I just have a different point of view, but I, I'm I'm not bashing nothing you say. I'm just saying that, as you say, like ketchup, cats up, you know? <laughs> so- um, Tomato, tomato. Hey, yeah. as we need. <laughs> so um, where do you see your your life, man? Like where, where do you want to be? If you want to be content, that's fine. If you, you know, like, what, what do you want to see, not out of your life, but out of your children? Like, leave your time capsule with me and tell me what you would like to see and how you plan on making this progression with your family to get to that point for the future. We talked about your career future. I want to talk about... Um, family future and how you plan on fighting this spiritual battle that the whole world is in. I'm just going to continue, Kimberly, to pay it forward. I'm going to do it by being humble and explaining the errors that I made. And so hopefully somebody could avoid that. But, but sometimes it's very difficult to relate advice because during my day, we had beepers. We didn't have cell phones or even computers. So how can I give advice to the late 80s, early 90s when here we are today? What I try to do is just to allow somebody to live their own life. I don't want to influence them 
that much to where I change them. I just want to share ideas so they can make up their own minds and have their own decisions. I gravitate people towards people with energy and that have a certain groove. And so also letting individuals know to take chances in life, to really believe in oneself, not to act a fool and just go out there and, and really not be realistic. But I had stepping stones when I looked back at it. Unfortunately for me, it was very difficult for people to compare notes with me in regards to my career because people weren't studying languages and planning on moving abroad. So I was really kind of on my own on that. But inside, I knew that by learning a second language isn't hurting people. And by potentially moving abroad could only open my eyes. And so if that gave me butterflies, if that gave me the inspiration to get up in the morning and to continue studying on rainy Wednesdays when you don't want to, I, I knew that there was land out there. I just didn't know where to find it. And I knew that if I had the desire to keep swimming towards it, eventually I'd hit it. You know, Kimberly, most people quit 80% in. And when you speak to people at certain stages of their life, it's always a what if and a regret. I would have rather swung and miss and not swung at all. And I'm going to say it a second time, I can't believe this happened. I mean, there was no blueprint for this. I was really just going on momentum. And so paying it forward, I want to encourage people to live an incredible life. And if they have interests at 18, it might be different than at 38. My interests have changed. Some, <laughs> some are still the same. I love my arcade machines and stuff, but um, I would be very disappointed in somebody if they didn't take at least a dipping in the toe in the pool chance in life, just to see where potentially they could find a place to belong because I know where I belong and I believe in positive reinforcement. And you said earlier, I mustn't be doing something right to be this successful. And it's not financially. People can just quit and not come back anymore if the office environment is terrible. So I must have given them enough dignity, must have extended enough empathy and showed them after 15 years job stability that they decide to walk with me. And, and, and families aren't easy either. Dear Kimberly, you can't choose your family. And so that sometimes is twice the amount of work to have that than it is when you have just friends and other people that you choose. And so in regards to family, to our beautiful families, and sometimes all of us can be a different color in that crayon box. We could be so polar opposites and think differently. We all come from the same ancestors and from the same lineage and the same blood. And I believe that there's that core commitment that families have to one another to not only love each other unconditionally, but to support one another unconditionally. And even if it takes an extra day to listen or even an extra year to try to make it work you make it work and you don't quit on your family and you try to keep that circle as strong as possible because it's only as strong as the weakest link. And I, I want to make sure that 
a circle where, where, you know, when they say children should be seen and not heard, I say quite the opposite. I think every single person in the family should share their opinion. A child could be seeing what parents are doing and be affecting them, but if they're not able to say it, then things couldn't be adjusted. And once again, Kimberly, it's about preventions instead of cures. And family units are so important. You know, at the end of the day, that's all we got is our family. And, um, you know, how can I give advice on someone else's family when I have not sat at your dinner table and been there during the good and the bad times? How could I give any sort of advice on that for, for you with your siblings? All I can really say is just show as much love as you can and really try to have as much patience as you can and give as many chances as you can. In my, in my pocket, Kimberly, it's almost like a, a card where you have limitless chances. I'll never turn my back on my family, no matter what happens. And sometimes you might even need a timeout just to walk away for a minute. And then absence makes the heart grow fonder. You, you'll realize how much you miss them. And, and, and maybe you don't want to destroy a relationship or even a tradition over your ego or money or greed or things like that. Money comes and goes. Ego, what's your problem? Why don't you just be humble and be transparent? I'm sorry, I know I got off on a lot of topics there, but, but family is so important. And if I could share any sort of sincere- clear. Yeah, it's just, but thank you, Kimberly. I mean, if you were here right now, I'd give you the biggest hug. You just brought up one of the most delicate topics for somebody. I, I, I really, I cannot wait to edit this. So how, I, I hate to end it like this. Um, Thank you. Thank you so very much. Um, I hope that, like, like you said, that we, we, we definitely should take the time to like, like, in my opinion, you know, I heard everything you said, but I'm going to talk about what you said and give you, you, you know, my on it. So, um, Family is very important to people. And the people that are out there watching me, this is how I feel about you all watching me and what he said to me that touched me. Like I said, behind it's on you now, when I watch people on Facebook, Instagram, I look for family events and, you know, uh, it's amazing. I see some good things guys and i hear some good things out there and what his plan is 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 pretty good you know you know spiritually we you know um i, I hate to keep you know messing up the feed saying spiritual battle but you know um who who are we to believe that we're not in a spiritual battle but like you said our ancestors came here um a while ago and um he said some other things, family, that is pretty cool. And 
like I was just saying all around, it's just that you, you want structure. You didn't say that, but you want to make sure you're transparent, like he said, transparent. And um, it, y'all, y'all guys keep posting y'all memories. You know, this is your, this is your uh, time. So, like I said, I hope to God that I made uh, made it very transparent that what you've been doing and what you have done for your family has been awesome. So all of those family members, you know, y'all don't get the proper acknowledgement, all you families out there. You know, you hear soldiers that says, thank you for your service. You know, I have to hear that for life. Thank you for your service. It's, it's like a key word. You say veteran, thank you for your service. And mm -hmm. it's like, but we never thank people, whether small businesses or families, you know. So I say to that, I have to salute all of y'all. Because I, I, as a veteran, still have that power to do. And if I salute you, all those that I saluted at Walmart today, then that means that I respect you and I honor you. And I can see that you're a nice person inside. So all those people out there, plus you, um, Mr. Richard Blank, and I'll try to be as transparent as possible. I salute you. Is there anything else you would like to talk about before we end it, though? Well, I just wanted to wish you of importance to you. Of course, wishing you and your audience a happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. Just make sure you got your roses and candy ready. Thank you, you. And y'all make sure y'all go out there. Make sure when you buy into uh, Valentine's Day, you're not buying into Valentine's Day, but you're buying into the love, the spirit of valentine's for your families out there don't buy it because somebody else is buying beautiful things that's an upgrade buy it <laughs> buy it because you know you sure. love you you love them and and keep the spirit tight so yeah so stay on the line thank you and i will see you guys thank you